Yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away. Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you to the voice of Ryan Treasure, Bonnie D. in the house. Happy to be here. Technology revolution, the future of now. If anybody asks you if this is the future of now, this is the future of yesterday or two minutes ago or 30 seconds ago. Future of now hasn't happened yet. And as I'll say in the closing of the show, we're here to make it a better one. We have a special topic today. I have three guests. Our fourth guest is ill today. She couldn't join us. She's a regular on the show. I'll mention her name later. But those of you out there using LLMs, large language models like ChatGPT, GPT-4, BARD, all kinds of other, I forget all the names they've given them, you know what text prompting is. You put some words in and you get something out, whether it's a movie script or whether it's a blog post or whether it's a term paper or whether it's a poem. That's a hint what we're going to do in a second here. Or even whether it's an image. I want to just show you all briefly before I do my opening monologue, which I created with ChatGPT. This is one of my text prompted creations. My chair shouldn't be in the way. This was created. Let me read you what I put in for this. This is a red microphone in a stand with three lipsticks. There are actually four behind me and a, on a red moonscape mixed from oil, soap, water, and silver tinsel. And this is what I got. Let me get out of the way here so you can see it. And this beautiful moonscape was created in a program and app called Night Cafe Studio. I don't use Midjourney. I don't use Dolly. I don't use GPT-4, which has Dolly built in. This is what I do. And it's so much fun that I am using this now as the new virtual background for my Read My Lips show on Monday night about creativity. So I just want to share that with all of you, how I'm walking the walk, talking the talk. I'm going back to the, the standard. There we go. So let me read my opening poem. And when my guest, when I call your name, just wave furiously, okay? So here we go. In the realm where pixels dance and code takes flight, a future of text prompting emerges into our sight. Bonnie D, that's me, leads us on a journey so bold through the landscapes of AI where stories unfold. Words like magic on screens come alive in the symphony of language where thoughts thrive. Bonnie D, our guide in this digital domain, unlocks the secrets breaking through the mundane, never mundane on my show, no longer confined to the limits of keys, text prompting whispers in the tech world with ease. AI, the maestro, conducts the prose, innovating the future where imagination grows. Here we go. Charles A. Wilson, wave hello. You forgot the A. Mary Nunnally is not with us, but she's with us in spirit. Phineas Thalamu, welcome, newcomer to the show. And Eric Myers, a returning guest as well. Unpacking prompting's potential, but here's the rhyme. Will the year prove them right or too existential? I had to figure out a rhyme, Charles, so sorry about that. Technology revolution, the future of now, where we explore in the symphony of text where possibilities soar. So what'd you think? Thumbs up, Finney, you're the newcomer. What'd you think of the poem? Brilliant. She liked it. Okay. Uh, Eric, you know that I do this, Charles, as well. I input what I'm going to talk about, and it writes the poem, and then I edit it, Finney. So the answer is it's AI plus a human. And last I checked, 
I had a, a CAT scan of my head two weeks ago, and they told me, Charles, the doctor walked out, and he said, we have good news. You have a brain. So I'm just very happy that I'm still able to do the, uh, yeah, the, the human part. So let's go around the table now. I'd like you each to introduce yourself. Charles A. Wilson, you've been on the show several times, several shows with me. Charles, I did the audience mathematics uh, app this morning for you. Eric, I did the same one for you. Finney is new, so that's different. Charles, there are... 18.679230, forget the zero, people in the world who don't remember you. I'm so sorry to break that news to you, Charles. So would you please, he's devastated, would you please talk to those people and just start over again and tell us who you are and why are you here? Why are you excited about this topic? Welcome, Charles. Thank you so much. So uh, Charles Wilson, I work with uh, Wipro. I'm a consultant there uh, focused on helping organizations to use analytics and data better, uh, especially nowadays with uh, generative AI, uh, predictive, prescriptive, et cetera. Uh, there's, there's a lot that organizations need to figure out uh, in order to move things forward. What's your excitement about text prompting while you're here today? Why did you accept my invitation, Charles? Uh, you're so nice, Bonnie. I, I was happy to do it. Just, just kidding. No, it's it's a it's an exciting time to to be involved, uh, and I've been working with uh, text prompting quite a bit, trying to get it to make my life more productive, as as well as uh, you know have a little fun, you know, while we've been doing it. How are you using it for productivity? Just give us a little clue here. Sure. So, from a consulting perspective, you know, obviously we can't have uh, it write everything for us, but in terms of getting that first draft, uh, brainstorming, uh, coming up with ideas, that it works beautifully for that. Uh, from a you know image generation perspective, uh, there's all kinds of really interesting things uh, that we're doing there. So uh, it's it's been a it's been a fun journey so far. Good, thank you. I just want to give people some practical insights that these my guests are real people with real work, real companies, real jobs, and they're using it. This is not kid stuff. Remember, we used to say. Other social media was kid stuff. Well, this is not just, oh, you got nothing else to do. Go put in some words and see, get a pretty picture. This is being used for work and for efficiency in life. I did a show last week on the future of parenting and AI. Mommy's new little helper. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't get to that part of it, but yes, Eric likes that. Okay, let's go around the table. My new guest, so happy to welcome you. And you were referred to me by Charles very graciously. Benice Salamu, I'm putting you on speaker view. We want to know all about you. Take your whole three minutes. Don't skimp. Fanny, welcome. So greetings, everyone. Greetings from London. Uh, I'm, uh, as, as Bonnie mentioned, I'm also with Wipro. I'm a senior partner in the European Consulting Organization. Um, and I've got a business consulting background, having worked uh, across different consulting organizations before Wipro. Uh, at Wipro, I wear multiple hats. Uh, and one of my hats is, is AI. Um, I would call myself uh, a prompting pro. I've been experimenting with these technologies uh, ever since they came about uh, back in uh, over, over, over a year and a bit ago. Um, I do have a lot of fun within Wipro. One of, one of the AI hats is working with uh, our Lab45, which is our think tank, which is building all the internal AI platforms of Wipro. So I'm one of those that actually test <laughs> everything that we are building for uh, for our employees and colleagues internally and also for uh, for our clients 
Um, one of the things that I have been driving is, is working with colleagues to drive adoption of all these tools. And I've seen firsthand colleagues getting challenged in terms of coming up with the right prompts to get the best out of this technology. So it's a topic that I have a lot of passion about, created uh, a lot of uh, innovations together with, uh, with our think tank, and I hope to hear, uh, share some of that with you today. Thrilled to have you. I'm very impressed with what you do. Yes, those of us who are using it casually, it's nice and it's good. And we, right, Charles, we find it in places we can use it. But when you're working with it professionally, Fanny, that must be quite an exciting journey for you to be there. In, I'm going to say in the trenches, figuring stuff out and helping people figure stuff out. Very, very happy. Charles, thank you again for the referral. And my good friend, Eric Myers, we're friends already. I said, we have a seat to fill on the show. He said, I'll be there, Bonnie. So here you are. So Eric, talk to those same 18.379250 people that Charles didn't refresh their memory, who you are and why you're here. Go ahead, Eric. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone. Uh, thank you again for, for having me here, Bonnie. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation and hearing what uh, everyone else has to say. Uh, so my name is Eric Myers. I'm a university uh, business instructor. Uh, I primarily teach finance, human resources, and management courses. I uh, have been teaching in post-secondary for just under three years now. And what fascinates me about uh, today's conversation is, you know, really learning more about how text prompting is used specifically, you know, in the consulting business. So I'm really curious to know from Fanny and Charles, uh, you know, how it's, you know, helps them, you know, do their day-to-day -day job responsibilities and how it's going to continue to grow, you know, in the future. And I think, you know, from my perspective, I'm, you know, happy to share and kind of give my two cents as to what text prompting is going to look like in post-secondary for students, number one, for faculty and all other, you know, workers within a university setting is it's a way of not just the present, but most certainly the future. Uh, and it's uh, only going to continue to grow. And I'm really looking forward to seeing kind of where things, you know, evolve on that front, so to speak. Thank you, Eric. And how are you using it? Are you using it personally right now or in your consulting? And you just give us a little clue. What are you doing with it right now? It really helps with prep. If I'm teaching a class for the very first time and I have kind of that instructor's block, so to speak, or don't necessarily know where to start, uh, text prompting has certainly been helpful with just getting you know a curriculum started, you know, and really kind of guiding the the preparation process, so to speak. Very nice. Thank you very much. Thank you, all three of you. And I just want to read a little tiny bit from Mary Nunley to remind everybody she's been on the show several times. She's the fiery co-founder of the Lavender Dragon team. Uh, she's leading the charge in bringing magical ideas to life. She's an ATD certified master instructional designer, certified e-learning developer, and award-winning course developer. And uh, that's who she is. And she's been on the show for many different technologies. And I'm sorry, she couldn't join us today. I will be sharing at least one of her predictions in the roundtable. So let's go to the part of the show where I've asked my guests to send me a fictional character quote from a movie or a TV show or a song lyric that has nothing to do with AI and LLMs and text prompting and chatbots and technology in general. So here we go. I'm going to read the quote from Charles Wilson. This is absolutely lovely. I'll read a little bit of background first and then. 
Okay, he picked a line from the song, The Ballad, written and performed by the wonderful Gloria Estefan back in 1986. Charles, can you believe how many years ago that was? 30-something, 24 and 14, 38 years ago. Oh, my, is she really that old? Uh, Words Get in the Way was the third single from her band, The Miami Sound Machine. I remember them on their second English language album. The song became the highest charting song off the album. Uh, the band re-recorded the song in Spanish as No Me Vuelvo a Enamorar, something like that. I, I won't fall in love again, not a direct translation. Okay, here's the line. I can't wait to hear what you have to say with this, Charles. <laughs> I tried to say I love you, but the words got in the way. What a beautiful quote. What does this have to do with text prompting? Go ahead. Yeah, um, I think anytime we sit down uh, in front of one of these solutions, I think we know what we're trying to say. It might be "I love you" or something else, but uh, you know, getting getting the words to come out exactly the way that we want them is is sometimes a challenge. And I, I think we're kind of at this uh, awkward point where we can see the all the benefits, uh, potential, and the potential of the the, the solution, uh, but uh, you know, getting it to do exactly what we want it to do can be a challenge. Words get in the way. The subtitle of this show today, Charles and everybody, is Use Your Words. And the reason I did that, somebody's got a, a, a email or something just came in. Use your words. And it's a funny story, but my, I have two grand puppies named Amos and Jake who are Labradoodles. And when my daughter is talking to them, she'll look at Amos, who is this fluffy white and gold uh, Labradoodle, and she'll say, Amos, use your words. So <laughs> when I thought of a, a title for text prompting, I thought the future of text prompting and AI, use your words. So that's where it came from. So I'm glad you had the word word in your quote. Thank you very much, Charles. Let's move on to Fanny. You've got a quote from Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man, played by who else? Robert Downey Jr., the movie Iron Man 3, 2013, back in time, 10, 11 years ago, American superhero film. On screen, it was known as Iron Man 3, spelled out T-H-R-E-E, based on the Marvel Comics character Iron Man, produced by Marvel Studios, distributed by Walt Disney Motion, Motion Pictures. And uh, let's see, Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark, Gwyneth Paltrow as his girlfriend, Pepper Potts, Don Cheadle, Guy Pearce, Rebecca Hall, Stephanie, and all kinds of people, including Ben Kingsley and John Favreau. Tony Stark grapples with the consequences of the events of the Avengers, Avengers from 2012 during a national terrorism campaign in the United States led by the mysterious Mandarin. Here's the quote Fanny has picked. Can't wait to hear this one. I build neat stuff, got a great girl, occasionally save the world. So why can't I sleep? <laughs> I did that with a New York lilt. I'm from New York. Fanny, what does this have to do with our topic? Go ahead. Oh, absolutely. And it's not a film that uh, anybody would associate with me, so so bear with me. What I really love about the analogies is the fact that he was such an innovator. He was just pushing boundaries and he was all for discovery. And that's where we are really with text prompting. We're using text prompts to guide AI to just generate ideas and, uh, and outputs, whether it's text or image. So the kind of innovation is the first theme. The second theme is around the way he was creating the suits, which is sort of different pits coming together and then power comes together. That's how we are creating sort of AI agents. And I hope we can talk more about AI agents later in the show, where it all comes together you to solve, uh, to solve problems. And using the right prompts and bringing different concepts together creates, uh, creates power. So that's kind of the second theme. 
The final theme I wanted to pick up, which is around the saving the world and the sleepless nights. This guy had a, had everything. He had a successful business. He had a happy family. And yet he couldn't sleep at night because he was always coming up with, you know, the issues coming from the, from the AI, the private, whether it's private, you know, privacy or ethical is the kind of issues around the text prompting. And how do we bring everything together, addressing the responsible AI and ethical aspect? And at the same time, be ready to actually destroy. At the end of the film, he destroyed all his suits to start a new beginning and transform as AI technologies evolve. And uh, I think this is a great analogy around where we are with transprompting, where might we go, and how we should consider everything responsibly. That was brilliant. I'm just I'm just taking in everything you said there, Penny. That was. Brilliant. That was beautiful. Absolutely. I was going to add a spin. I haven't seen the movie, but the part of why can't I sleep at night, to me, there's so much possibility and we're still in the experimental stage. And as Charles said, words get in the way. When you want something, I will go in and, and have an idea of what kind of an image I want from Night Cafe Studio. And I have a lot of free credits to use. So I might do it six, eight, 10, 12 times and say, nope, I don't like that one. Nope. Don't like that one. Nope. I'll change one word. I'll change a comma. I'll change what comes first or the style. Somebody's mowing. You got to be kidding. It's February. They're mowing my lawn. They know, they know not to come during my radio show. They will hear from me. Ignore the noise, please. Uh, anyway, so the point is, why are they mowing? We just had a blizzard two weeks ago. So the point is that- uh, Bonnie, that, we can't hear it. So, so you're good. Okay, thank you very much. Okay. So the point is that the point is that uh, I imagine people are not sleeping because they're saying, "I really wanted, right, Eric? I really wanted my course to be something a little bit different. I'm going to stay up really late and keep putting in text prompts to see if I can get that idea cogently expressed by the AI, by the chatbot, whatever it is, to help me do what I want to do in my job." So there you go. Thank you very much. Okay, let's go to Eric Myers. Yeah, there's a lawnmower outside my window. This is not acceptable. Eric Myers has picked a quote from Frank the Tank Ricard, played by who else? Will Ferrell, or Ferrell if you like. Old school, 2003 American comedy film directed by Todd Phillips, starring Luke Wilson, Vince Vaughn, and Will Ferrell as depressed men in their 30s seeking to relive their college days by starting a fraternity and the tribulations they encounter. Jeremy Piven's in it also, Ellen Pompeo, Leah Romini, Simon Helberg, Julie, uh, Juliet Lewis, and Alicia Cuthbert. She was in 24, and Patrick J. Adams from Suits. What a cast. Here's the quote. <laughs> I was wondering if you maybe want to get some frozen yogurt or perhaps a whole meal of food, if that would be agreeable. Eric, take over. I'm going to mute myself. Go ahead. All good, Bonnie. And I think that's kind of fitting. That's perfect to exactly how that scene went in the movie and what the quote is representing is some of the times we're at a loss for words, you know, whether we get something stuck in our throat, we're chatting with someone and we don't know what exactly to say. So this really, I think, in a different, completely different context and a completely different setting relates to something that uh, Charles was mentioning earlier about just not knowing where to start, not knowing what to say. Doesn't matter if you're in your mid thirties trying to relive your youth. Doesn't matter if you're, you know, up at night, you know, wondering about AI and ethics and privacy. You know, a lot of times we are confused, we are unsure what to do, how to act. And I think, you know, that scene was reminiscent of really a lot of different things in life, but especially, you know, how text prompting can help, you know, just give someone a starting point, give someone, you know, a mercy, so to speak, and help, you know, 
overcome those kind of awkward situations or those awkward conversations. So uh, that one's always kind of a personal favorite of mine for a variety of different reasons. And I think a really good and fitting connection to text prompting and what we're going to be discussing. I'm so excited about this topic. Great, <laughs> great quote. And I have to go back and watch the movie. The idea of Will Ferrell playing a a depressed 30-year-old fraternity that in itself right for me that that in itself would be worth it that'll stop my coughing okay so now we're going to go to the predictions i'm going to read prediction number one from you charles i didn't put it in the chat but i can just as a reference so give me one second here and i'm going to read it and ask you to please unpack it for us take your full three minutes charles and then if Fanny or eric have anything to say about that agree or disagree is fine we have time today because they're just three of you. Uh, wiggle one of your nice fingers, Fanny and, and Eric. I know you, I think you all have 10 fingers. I don't respond to the one in the middle, but anything else, just wiggle it at me. And by the way, have you all heard about the new prompts that you can get from, there we go. I have balloons for all of you. Okay, this is the new Max Sonoma. It works on Zoom and on FaceTime. And let's see, I can also give you uh, this one. I think I can give you fireworks. There you go, confetti. That's for all of you. Charles, have you seen that yet? It's built no, that's in, great. Built in. That's my great. son taught me how to do that, and he's all grown up. And this one, I think I can get a rainstorm, too, here. I'm not sure. There we go. There's a rainstorm. Okay. Thank you very much. You have to use two hands up. Okay. So, Charles, here is the first one. We're going to start with your prediction. Increased integration in business applications. Within the next year, we can expect to see more sophisticated integration of text prompting and generative AI in business applications, particularly in EPM, Enterprise Performance Management. Go ahead and, and why don't you unpack that one for me rather than me reading it, Charles. Go ahead. Yeah, you bet. Uh, this is this is where I, I spend my uh, nights and weekends thinking about you know how this is all going to work out. Um, but organizations are really struggling with you know everything that's going on uh, in the world today there's you know every day you wake up and there's some new happening and uh, trying to figure out how to deal with that is, is a real challenge uh, the amount of information that organizations are having to consume and and uh, grapple with and synthesize just increases every single day uh, and so there's a huge need to make it easier for people across the organization to uh, adopt new technology, to get access to this uh, information and to collaborate effectively with each other. And uh, ultimately that's, uh, that's, a, that's been a challenge uh, for, for a lot of reasons for, for many years. And uh, we're seeing a lot of organizations start to take chat capabilities, natural language capabilities and integrate them into these products. So that I'll just give you an example. I don't have to uh, be sitting at a computer in front of a spreadsheet uh, in order to get an answer. I can actually be on the shop floor. I, I can be uh, out at a client site and I can start to ask questions on my phone, uh, get quick answers. I don't have to navigate the difficult interface in, in order to start to get answers. And I can use my voice to start the text prompt. Uh, or, you know, lots of other things. I can take a picture. I can do, you know, all the, those sorts of things in order to start this process. So more and more of that, uh, we anticipate being plugged in uh, in, a, in just more compelling ways into the enterprise software. Thank you very much. We don't usually cover business, but I know it was important because we have a lot of listeners around the world and viewers who follow my show, Charles, and I wanted to do a little bit of B2B here. So thank you for that. Fanny, anything you want to say about that or Eric, either one of you? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think Charles is right, and we see many of the uh, many of the applications already embedding that. Maybe I can share what we, I mean. That what Charles is talking about is not just tomorrow and uh, and the day after, but it, rather we're having it today. I mean, we are testing how all of our employees can chat and have their timesheets filled in through voice or having conversations around booking leave and uh, and sort of driving booking transactions straight into the system. So AI would go and pick up who the uh, individual is, pick up the data from the system, have a conversation with them, and then process transactions. And if you have 250,000 employees, that's quite uh, incredible. The value that can, that uh, delivers growth in saving employees time, uh, saving in, uh, you know, reducing errors and uh, and uh, driving compliance. So it's not tomorrow. I think it's today, Charles. That's exciting. Filling out timesheets from a voice prompt and having the, the text fill it. I like that. I, I'm not working for a corporation anymore, but I think I would have appreciated that a lot. <laughs> I used to, used to work for a big company where, funny, you'll get a kick out of this. Every Thursday we had to submit like, it was called something like, where's Waldo? And we had to say everything we had accomplished that week. Now, remember, it was due on Thursday. We hadn't finished the work week yet. So we had to project what we would do the rest of Thursday and Friday. And then we had to tell them, the manager, what we were planning to accomplish the following week. So I said to them, couldn't we do it Friday morning? And they said, no, because the manager has to process it. So we can't have you do it Friday. That's too less. But we haven't done Friday's work yet. Are you? I'll tell you all the name of the company. It was, it was quite a ride. Okay, let's leave that one alone. Eric Myers, anything to say to what Charles added or what, Fanny? Go ahead. Just quickly to both of those uh, amazing points, I think, uh, you know, when we talk about not just business, but any type of organization, especially, you know, those big, large corporations or companies that have tons of workers, we always have to remember, you know, from a management perspective, it's all about efficiency, all about effectiveness. How can we maximize productivity? And I think, you know, something such as that can go a really long way in helping organizations be as efficient and effective as possible. This is one of many. And I think one that's going to lead to a lot of different, you know, strategies and similar types of platforms used within companies. Making work easier. Isn't that a beautiful thought, Charles? Isn't that really a beautiful thought? Uh -huh. Yes. Yes. And we've all talked for years about bringing in consumer grade apps into the workplace, right? When people were first allowed to bring their smartphones and their iPads to work and were they taking secret codes home with them? We talked about that years and years and years ago. And now we expect to have efficiencies from the real world brought into the work world. So let's go on. Thank you, Fanny. I'm going to read your prediction number three. I like this one and then unpack it and we'll see what the other panelists have to say. As AI becomes more adept at understanding context, we haven't talked about that yet, and providing sophisticated insights, the human role will shift. Instead of crafting prompts to guide AI, humans will need to develop advanced problem-solving skills to become orchestrators in the decision-making process. That sounds interesting and challenging. Fanny, tell us more, please. Well, if you think about uh, text prompting right now, we use text prompting to guide uh, AI to provide context so that AI can provide uh, the, in, create the creative insights that we're looking for. As AI matures and becomes uh, multimodal, 
uh, and we've seen such such advances over the last 12 months with kind of multimodal with uh, with GPT video. You know, you can input uh, video and uh, and uh, link it to websites, and it kind of does search. Then, then there will be possibilities to kind of drive more more out of it, especially in the creative uh, space. If you think about how you know some of the, if you think about us as humans, we work uh, in we achieve the best when we have cross-functional uh, expertise uh, and we bring uh, all of that together to bring the different uh, perspectives. Well, AI is able to do that, even with GPT-4 and the fact that you can bring different GPTs into, into the mix, which, uh, which is a kind of an example of AI agents. So in the future, if you are able to drive, uh, you know, have the AI agents and have uh, more advanced capabilities uh, in, the, uh, in the sort of AI systems, then it's not just about prompts, it's about how do you bring it all together? How do you use uh, some of the traditional techniques for creativity, for example, brainstorming or scamper, or when we sort of uh, try and bring analogies into play to expand our, creati uh, our cre creative outputs, then you can kind of drive a lot more innovation as well as, as productivity out of it. So we as humans need to work more on our problem solving skills so that we can get the best out of those uh, technologies. And uh, it will be, go beyond prompting. It will go into pro problem framing and problem solving to get the best out of the technologies. Very interesting and very optimistic. And people are the naysayers, the doom and gloomers. I just invented a word, a lot of hyphens in there. They are saying jobs are going to be taken away and industries are going to be killed and it'll all be done by AI. Well, you've given us the optimism, Fanny, that people need to learn other skills higher up the food chain of thinking, critical thinking and problem solving in order to use these tools. So new jobs and new opportunities will be created that are not just something in or just pressing a button it's called thinking what a concept charles and eric uh, eric first and then charles uh, comments on what finney shared go ahead eric yeah i love uh finney's pred prediction there i think that's you know very astute and i could certainly see this continuing to happen especially with the cross functionality of a lot of divisions a lot of organizations or a lot of parts of a company i think that's only going to become uh more prevalent the other thing that she mentioned that really stood out to me is we as humans need to work on problem solving skills. That is something I see a lot, you know, in the classroom as an instructor. So many students are able to think, you know, very fast, you know, multitask, you know, use technology in ways that I can only dream of and envision. But I still see in finance classes, management classes, HR classes, students, you know, sometimes need more help in problem solving. You know, they expect things to be laid out, you know, perfectly, you know, set up, but that's not the way life works, especially in consulting and businesses, is it's how do you use the information that you have, to try and put two, to, two and two together, as opposed to it just being given to you directly. So the problem solving skills component, I think, is something that's really important. Thank you. Well put. Charles, join us. What do you think? Yeah, I think I've got a couple points uh, to share here, right? So the first... Uh, Thing. I mean, obviously, Fanny, brilliant insight. Um, I love the idea that, that you talk about where, you know, you can actually have a group of different GPTs 
trained on different subjects, all participating together to help you brainstorm and, and solve problems. That sort of thing is uh, definitely starting to come to fruition and uh, pretty exciting to, to be able to think about that. Um, to now, as I do this sort of thing and try to figure out how to get uh, ChatGPT and others uh, to, to do what I want them to do, I found that it's really good when there's a structured framework that's already been developed somewhere. It's very good at understanding what that is, um, providing uh, specific uh, words and, and uh, concepts for a specific industry, those sorts of things. It seems to do a pretty good job of that. And so I've loved the opportunity to just go into the, these solutions and start asking questions about industries that maybe I didn't know much about or about, you know, you know, maybe photography. I want to understand how light works, or I want to understand, you know, different different things. And I ask, you know, what what words should I be thinking about? How, what's the framework for how to to look at these things? And I found that uh, these sorts of solutions are very good at giving us the words we need in order to start to understand these different concepts. You said getting it to do what we want. Isn't that where the challenge is? Isn't that really where the challenge is with prompting, voice prompting, text prompting? It's, well, I think I want a certain outcome. Did I get what I want? Like me with the visuals, with the, with the imagery uh, in Night Cafe Studio. It didn't make me happy. It didn't solve my problem. How do I get it to listen to me? Uh, very, very interesting. Finney, any any insights on that? How humans are going to figure out what's the key? What's that click to get it to say the first time out? I love what it gave me back. Are we at that point where we can just share prompt insights or prompt prompt hacks? Does anybody invented prompting hacks yet? We have to. We're hacking everything else, in <laughs> Eric. Like that. just don't. I mean, we need a book of prompting hacks. We're going to write that after the show. Finny, any insights on how we're going to get to the hack stage where we just know put that in and you will get the right answer? What do you think? Yeah, I think we use the word prompt engineering, and I don't like engineering because when you think about engineering, it kind of thinks about coding and something structured. I think prompting is more art than science, Ooh. and. I of linguistics and how you do syntax and how you bring sentences together. How do you use words to get the most out of it? And uh, I believe that's another skill that we need to develop in order to get the best out of uh, out of the AI. Uh, so you, you talked earlier about uh, jobs. Uh, I think the you know the the linguistics type of fields have not been the highest paying jobs, but I, I believe that's an area for those folks to thrive because to get the most out of the LLMs, you need to know how to use language and you need to know how to communicate. And it's not the traditional structured coder. It's more the artistic side of things. That was beautiful. <laughs> we haven't talked about that. People aren't saying that. It needs to be said and understood. That's why I call this use your words. The question is which words and how are you using them? Syntax, linguistics, very well put. Thank you very much. Let's go on. I've picked a prediction from Eric Myers. Short and sweet. Let's see where you want to go with this. It's in the chat for you, Eric. Text prompting is something that can help combine key material, data, and videos in the past with present day information and content. So Eric, uh, go for it. Tell us what this means, please. Thank you, Bonnie. So really, I think uh, this prediction kind of is almost a, in a little bit of a combination to what we've already discussed. And I kind of want to, you know, give Fanny credit for the just the tremendous point she was mentioning 
about communication being so key and important is I think that's the key thing that, um, you know, organizations, individuals, society as a whole is trying to balance is how do we have one foot towards the future, but also still focusing on, you know, what is happening in the present while still using valuable lessons, information, data, archives, et cetera, from the past. So I guess three kind of, you know, feeder, three different, you know, viewpoints or time horizons that we're looking at. So the reason why, you know, I wanted to focus on that prediction or that's the prediction that I wanted to, you know, pass by was, you know, something that I think all organizations, businesses, individuals are trying to, you know, balance and trying to find the happy medium on this. How much do we focus on the past? How much do we focus on the present? You know, how much do we have allocated towards the future when it comes to making decisions? We talked about efficiency and productivity, like you were talking about earlier, when we're, you know, dealing with different functions and, you know, components within a business. How do we properly communicate something that has happened, you know, 10 years ago to what is happening right now to what will happen 10 years into the future? I think, you know, just taking that holistic approach, seeing those, like I said, three different time horizons and almost maximizing the benefits from each is, is I think, the further, you know, prediction to come from that is how do I maximize what has happened in the past, you know, take the important lessons learned, how do I do the same for the present, and how do I make sure that the future in any decision or work context that I'm involved in is as productive and seamless as possible. This goes back to another point we've talked about this morning about work especially, is how do we make it just as enjoyable and less strenuous as possible, or dare I say even fun in that sense. Oh my, work is fun. Whoever thought of such a concept? <laughs> yes, where would Crazy, we go with that? It? Yeah, I know. Uh, Fanny or Charles, you want to comment on what Eric just shared, either one of you? Charles? Yeah, I'll throw a few things out there real quick. So I, I love the, the fact that uh, you know these GPTs are basically a, an extra brain, right? Uh, they have all this information that there's no way you know we could store ourselves and being able to quickly access that uh, is is amazing you know it gives you context gives you you know memory that you could never have otherwise so so I love that um, and I, I think that one thing just a little practical thing that you know folks that are listening might want to try is you know prompt uh, Claude right prompt mm -hmm. GPT prompt Bard and uh, and then take your results and paste them into another uh, solution and ask it to synthesize all of it and come up with something new, right? So you can actually use these things together uh, in order to get new and interesting results. And I think, you know, let uh, Fanny expand on some of this stuff, but, you know, that idea that you can get multiple perspectives and come up with uh, new ideas is, is, I think, something that can work really well. Fanny, you want to add to that? Was, uh, yeah, I loved his three horizons, actually, the way uh, the way we uh, described that. Another thought on, on this I wanted to share is one of my favorite activities is actually getting well, LLMs to critique themselves. So you ask a question or a prompt, they come up with something, and then you ask them to unpack that and critique it. And it's incredible how, especially when you're combining different LLMs or kind of different different stats, it's incredible how much value you get out of that. 
that helps expand uh, your own uh, your your initial idea. And then once you start bringing some of the creative techniques I spoke about earlier, uh, you know, try to, whether it's brainstorming or try to sort of use analogies, that allows you to to move beyond uh, the standard. Because one of the risks, uh, one of the risks with these uh, models is that, say, you have two two companies that are in the same sector, and if both ask the same prompts, you're gonna get the same answer, especially if you're using it in creative fields like marketing. So expanding the way you drive the innovation uh, cycle and the creativity cycle is, in essence, going to enable. Um, more originality when it comes to the output that comes out of it. So in summary, get it to critique itself, play with different techniques and words so that you move beyond the standard answer that you would get if you ask a very basic question. Wow. <laughs> we don't usually give tips on the show, but we're giving a lot. This is a, a playbook for working with text prompting. Very, very interesting. Thank you, uh, Eric. That was a, a good starting point. I tell you what, I'm picking two predictions from Mary Nunley, who was scheduled to be on today but couldn't join us. And I'm just going to have you all respond with agree or disagree. I'll go in the original order, Charles and Finney and Eric. So let me just play with these a little bit. First, she says, text to image will improve within the next three to six months. So here we are, February. Okay, so late summer. Okay. Text image will improve in the next three to six months, resulting in fewer awkward looking body parts and poses as AI <laughs> becomes more adept at deciphering words and translating text into images. Look for realistic people, animals, and more. And then I'm going to add one more to that. Text to image will also see rapid improvements made in words added to images on the screen. Currently, we still <laughs> see nonsense words, right? Put a banner that says hello and you get all these jumbled letters that is changing and soon we'll be able to see create detailed labeled images. Charles, what do you think? Do you agree or disagree with that? That's a real practical prediction. I wish it was here now, right? So <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, I think that's one that we could actually test, right? But I, I think it's definitely going to improve. Um, and, and, you know, knowing the language. So one thing I was going to say is that, you know, there's things like the golden hour, the blue hour, the purple hour. These are these are concepts uh, within photography that are well understood by photographers, but we don't. You know, I don't. I never knew about them until I started using these tools. What are they? What you, are they? Can you explain so you a little? Apply, yeah. If you apply the golden hour to a uh, you know an image that you're trying to create, it basically gives you a sunset sort of a, a look, right? If you give the blue hour, it's like you know the morning when the sunrise is coming up. So, the, just understanding those la that language gets you to the results that you're looking for. Interesting, Fanny. Any comments about people who look like people and and images that have text <laughs> on the page that looks like real text you can read? What do you think? I would love to have all of that, but I think it's going to take us longer than three to six months. Uh, one of my, uh, one of, on my wish list, as a management consultant, you create a lot of frameworks, a lot of presentations. And in many cases, how do you pull all of that together? How do you get your messaging out is what takes a lot of brain power. If I wanted something to be created in those lines, uh, it would be brilliant uh, sort of time saver. But uh, I believe the way the technologies are at the moment is going to take longer than three to six months. 
Okay. Eric, what do you think? Agree or disagree with Mary? Absolutely. Overall, I would uh, agree with Mary's prediction. I think the only thing, uh, and it's almost impossible, this is why their prediction is not, you know, straight up, you know, guarantees is just the timeline, I think, too. So kind of to piggyback off of Fanny's point, you know, three to six months, that would be almost best case scenario, the sooner the better. Uh, but I think it might be a little bit longer than kind of that time frame. But who knows with the way things are going right now, it could be, you know, right in line with that as well. There you go. Well, Mary Nunnally, thank you. Sorry you couldn't join us, but we've enjoyed your predictions. We have time for one more. Charles, I picked your prediction number four. I really like this one. Let's go into the consumer land here. Charles says, enhanced personalization in consumer applications. On the consumer front, text prompting and generative AI will become more personalized. Whether it's in content recommendation, virtual assistance, or online shopping, AI will tailor experiences to individual preferences and behaviors more accurately. This change is driven by the ongoing collection and analysis of user data, allowing AI systems to fine-tune their responses and suggestions. I'm going to stop there. It was long and wonderful. Charles, go ahead. Talk to us. What does this mean? Yeah, so, okay, so right now if I go into ChatGPT, it's going to ask me what my profession is. It's going to ask me a little bit about my background and those sorts of things. And then every time I put a prompt in there, it's going to, throw out that I'm a consultant and that I work in this area. So right now it's a little bit clumsy, right, in the way that it tries to do this personalization. But as we get more of our information into these systems, uh, I think a, a good example of this would be like in BARD, you can connect Google's product, you can connect to that to your Google Drive, and you can actually query PDFs and documents that you have within your own Google Drive and use that to, to get answers, right? So that's just an example of more personalization. Um, you know, we're walking a bit of a fine line here, uh, you know, as it relates to privacy and, and, and those sorts of things. So I think as we start to crack that, um, you're going to see more and more of this in you know, our, the, our interactions with business and interactions with uh, consumer products, et cetera. Interesting. Making consumer life even more consumery-ish. And better. Mm -hmm. There you go. Fani, anything you want to say about that to us? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I would love the day when uh, you get something truly personalized who senses uh, who senses what you're after. Right now, we're possibly far away from that. I mean, the emails that we all receive kind of might link to something that we have bought or maybe something random. But I do believe uh, that uh, the potential is there. Uh, it's all the challenge is how do you get the right data sets so that the AI can actually leverage to come up with the right messages. So the AI is, you know, I think GPT-4 is really good in picking up the relevant styles and coming up with the right content, but you need to have the mechanisms to provide the right data insights that would enable you to do that. And that's where we need to work on the data foundation sites to get the most out of it, especially in the sort of consumer sales and marketing type of space. Thank well, you. I know that when you're putting in your prompts, when we put in text prompts on eBay, on Amazon, we're basically giving text input and we're saying, show me what you got, right? We've been doing that for years and years and years not thinking about AI, it's a database, there are keywords, it's recognizing patterns or words, forwards, backwards, whatever we put in it, and it's telling us what it's got, not always exactly what we want. Wouldn't it be nice if we could dream a little bit and put in a real text prompt and it would say, 
yeah, you know, somebody here was working on that. We might have it in three weeks. Would you like to pre-order it? No, I'm not talking about the Apple Vision Pro. Not that. Okay, <laughs> not going to spend that. Eric, any comments on, on what we're yeah, talking about? Quickly, I love the prediction there. Uh, I think the biggest thing uh, is just weighing the balance between uh, customized or personalization versus privacy. I think, you know, all organizations, all different platforms are trying to find that happy medium, so to speak, or quote unquote, that level of balance. And I think uh, that's the biggest thing that uh, it's going to be continuing to work upon is how do we kind of maximize, you know, that personalization while still trying to adhere to as much, you know, individual privacy as possible. Thank you. Privacy is still a big issue, isn't it? What data are we putting out there that we didn't realize we put out there that's out there that people want, that they're tapping into, that they're using, that they're sharing, that they're passing along, that they're abusing? It's still, mm -hmm. hey, horse is out of the barn door, right, Charles? It's uh, it's hard to put it back in once that gallops away. And there we've been doing it for years, whether we know it or not. I remember advice years ago for kids is every time you post a picture with a on Facebook or anywhere and uh, – <laughs> potential job interviewers and uh, prospective hirers and people in the academics, right, Eric, are going to see all of that. It's very hard to take it away once you've let that barn door go. But enough lecturing for me. We have time for one more prediction. The show has seven more minutes left. Fanny, let's see what we can do with this one. I'm selecting uh, prediction number two for a reason. I'm going to read the last line because that's where I want you to go. Imagine a system with AI agents, each with its own Context and data sources, creating teams with humans. When's this coming, Fanny? Who And how is it going to happen? Go ahead. Um, actually, we have one of the models that we're experimenting with is an agent model. So we, uh, we're able to, you know, define different, uh, different, I define agents as, uh, think of it as an expert in their field who have their own knowledge, they have their own data sets and their own personas that allows you to be very narrow in a specific area so that it doesn't quite uh, quite hallucinate. So just to give you an example to make it real, one of the experiments that are, that I have we have been running. So I had a we had a client we had to respond to a client RFP, uh, which was and then we had uh, so you have the client RFP, you have uh, the uh, historical uh, RFPs that we responded or our points of view, and then this particular client had uh, a seven hour investor meeting, a full day, all. The, all the leaders were actually presenting to the analysts very deep about their strategy, their fields, what they're doing into the future. What I did is I took the actual transcript from the shareholders, uh, from the investor meeting, and created specific agents. So one was CEO, another was CFO, another was chief marketing officer, etc. with the with the you know links to the websites and other material they created, links to the presentations, and then got put it into the model. And it's quite fascinating to get the agents, AI agents, to talk to each other because the prompts are enabling them to talk to each other. So from that perspective, was able to do in say half a day. Took more time to create all the you know cut the cut and paste the material from the investor presentation and put it into the model than actually. Run the analysis for it. And you get quite rich insights 
from a different perspective, different personas that allows you to uh, to actually advance your thinking much faster than you would before. So this prediction is about moving from single model to multi-model to bringing it all together. And I believe that's the future for business. Thank you. Charles, we have time for a quick response from you and then one from Eric, and then we're going to wrap up. We've got three minutes left. Charles, what do you think? Yeah, I, I love this idea and I love what uh, Fanny's been doing in, in this space, right? So uh, all I can say is the sooner the better. <laughs> yep. Eric, what about you? You looking forward to that? Yeah, I concur with, uh, with both Charles and Fanny there. I think the sooner the better. I think, again, it'll just provide a lot more positives than any potential you know, negatives or risks that can arise. And I think, um, you know, the more people that are on board, the more you know buy-in there is, the more investments towards it, I think the better off will be short-term and certainly the long-term. I'll tell you a little experiment I ran. There's a young man named Jordan, who's my engineer for most of my radio shows at Voice America. Yes, we have three minutes left. And uh, Jordan told me a couple months ago he hadn't used ChatGPT or any of the LLMs. And I said, let's meet on Zoom and I'll show you how it works. So I did a little showing him how I do some of my opening monologues where I input in today. It was just your names. But for some of my other shows, I put a whole bio for each of my guests in and I get a three line poem for each guest. And that's part of the monologue for my creativity show. So I said, Jordan, why don't you give me an idea? Let's write a movie. Let's do a movie script. What would you like? And he said, I said, give me two movies. He said, how about Back to the Future and Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, the original one. So we, I put in simply, write a movie script, give me an outline for a couple of different parts of the movie, let's say five acts, if you will, or five set, sets. Uh, and within about, it was a little longer than usual, maybe seven seconds instead of three, it came out with a story about a woman named Esmeralda who was caught in a time warp in Back to the Future, and she had the secret recipe for Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, and they couldn't get that recipe until they solved the Back to the Future time travel and brought her back to the Chocolate Factory where she could give back the recipe she had either stolen or borrowed. It. it gave me a script that was about this long. I shared it with Jordan. I don't think he realized what he had done by that suggestion, but it was charming it was very well done. It took into account the, the theme from both movies and described them and combined them in a very beautiful way. And I think Jordan said, wow, that stuff's really cool. So Jordan, if you're listening, I, I appreciated you're doing that. And I've been telling that story to a lot of people. So prompting, as Fanny said, it's the linguistics, it's the syntax, it's the words we pick. As I say to my grand puppies, use your words, Amos and Jake, tell us what you want. What do you actually want? And that's where we're going to have to go with this. Charles A. Wilson, we still forgot to put the A in there. Charles A. Wilson, thank you for being here as always. I always look forward to having you on the show. And thank you for referring me to Fanny Salamu. Fanny, you're brilliant. You did not go long on that last prediction. It was perfect. I wouldn't have cut a nanosecond off of it. It was absolutely perfect. Eric Myers, always love to have you on. We love the academic perspective. And Mary Nunley, we hope you feel better. Now, here's a little exercise, and don't go away when we end. Everybody, I want you to get ready to shake that finger. On the count of three, Fanny and Charles and Eric, come on, follow my lead here. You're going to shake that second finger. Eric, that's it. Hand up. You know which finger to use, please. Only the right one. And on the count of three, when I say one, two, three, you're going to join me in saying no, no, no. People say the future is already here. 
And our answer is one, two, three. No, no, no. And that's because that was the future where I said, we're going to say no, no, no. Now it's in the past. It's gone. So let's make it a more exciting one, a more interesting one, a more productive one, and a one that's more amenable to humans, to our thinking, to our problem-solving skills, to our energy, to our excitement, and to our looking forward to the future. Thank you all. Say goodbye to social media. We're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, and we're on the Voice America Business Channel. And Aaron, are we out? Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.